Welcome back to Our Soul, a podcast by Faith Choice Ohio, Ohio's faith voice for choice. In vitro fertilization, now the most popular medical procedure on the face of America. Mm-hmm. Welcome everyone to another episode of Our Soul, where we unpack the reproductive health rights and justice happenings of the day in light of a faith-rooted view of the world. Uh, My name is the Reverend Terry Williams. I'm again here with you, uh, along with Kelly Fox, our fantastic faith organizer at Faith Choice Ohio. And Kelly, I, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, IVF was a really thorny political issue that a lot of politicians didn't want to talk about. Most politicians didn't know much about, or at least they acted like they didn't know anything when they were asked. Um, And after the Alabama Supreme Court decided that IVF was actually the destruction of human life and that embryos were suddenly human persons, all of a sudden it's amazing. There's this unity of purpose across almost every politician in elected office that IVF should be protected. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that great? Um, it's first of all, I want to I want to comment on you said that uh, they don't... sarcasm, sarcasm. sarcasm. <laughs> I, I just think it's interesting that you said that uh, the politicians didn't know anything about IVF, <laughs> and so therefore like didn't talk about it as if they knew but when it comes to abortion they always act like they know everything and therefore make make opinions based off of a knowledge that they assume they have but i digress you mean mean politicians (laughs) politicians um legislate about things they don't know oh my gosh imagine that um but yeah i just uh it's really interesting how one can have a change of heart when things are no longer politically beneficial to you. But that is uh. that is just interesting. And and this kind of all goes back to our uh, our often repeated phrase from Sister Song about the right to have children, not have children, and parent the children we have in safe and sustainable communities. <clears throat> um, you know, if in vitro fertilization is like just really helpful for people who want to have children and um yeah it's just it's really interesting to see that that kind of flip when people realize oh this <laughs> this affects the people i claim to support people who want to have kids interesting maybe my theological opinions and my political opinions actually affect real people Imagine that. novel idea for, for those of you who have joined us and you're like, what in the world are they talking about? Okay, um, IVF, in vitro fertilization, is a process by which um, embryos are created from individual donor cells that either come from individuals themselves who are trying to get pregnant or from donor surrogates. Um, it's a process that people use to get pregnant to have children. And this last week, there was a decision that has been working its way for quite a long while, has been working its way through the Supreme Court of the state of Alabama. It was filed initially in 2022. Um, The appeal came and it's a a couple of couples, if you you can follow that, so two couples, 
from Alabama who sued the Center for Reproductive Medicine. And they made allegations that the Center for Reproductive Medicine um, did not have the ability, the right, the um, freedom to be able to selectively reduce or destroy um, embryos. There, there's a lot of complicated stuff that goes into this. Just to understand that um, at the end of the day, the Supreme Court decision that came from Alabama was not narrowly held about these particular cases, but rather was broadly stated to impart a level of authority on the state to view embryos as human persons. So the personhood of embryos is what came down in this decision. And that is what has thrown a lot of our American political life into sheer chaos in the last few days. Um, we, we have heard from folks on the religious far right and the anti-abortion lobby for decades that they are only after abortion. They don't care um, about anything else. They just care about abortion. They care about regulating abortion. They're not trying to ban fertility treatments. They're not trying to control people's reproductive lives. They just care about abortion. They care about Roe versus Wade. They want Roe sent back to the states so all the states can decide. Some people even tried to tell us for decades that they were okay with what Roe decided, but they were not okay with it being a federal level decision. Now that we have Roe gone, now that the Dobbs decision came down in 2022 and allowed states to make whatever law they like and to enforce the laws they already have that were conflicting with Roe previously. Now we see the truth. The truth is anti-abortion folks want to control a lot more than people's decisions around abortion care. They want to do a lot more than regulate. And at the end of the day, the reason that this matters for us here at Our Soul is that this decision is rooted in theology. It is not rooted in jurisprudence. It's not rooted in science. It's not rooted in even democracy. I, I want to read, and Kelly, I'm, I'm interested to hear your, your uh, perspective and reaction to this. I want to read a portion from this decision. This decision, mind you, the decision and the dissents and everything else, about 130 pages. But about page 37 of the actual decision, this is in a decision from one of the 50 state Supreme Courts in the United States. This comes from a majority of the justices writing what is a controlling decision in law. These words. In summary, the theologically based view of the sanctity of life adopted by the people of Alabama encompasses the following. One, God made every person in his image. Two, each person therefore has value that far exceeds the ability of human beings to calculate. And three, human life cannot be wrongfully destroyed without incurring the wrath of a holy God who views the destruction of his image as an affront to himself. Section 3606 recognizes that this is true of unborn human life no less than it is for all other human life, that even before birth, all human beings bear the image of God and their lives cannot be destroyed without effacing his glory, period. 
Kelly, when when you hear when you hear jurists talking about theology and God as precedent for the interpretation of law and the Constitution, and particularly the laws of the state of Alabama. What do you have any thoughts on that? <laughs> uh, for for those for those of you who are listening, aka everybody but Terry, um, there is a reason that this is a podcast and not like a live online show because the facial expressions I just gave Terry really <laughs> noted that I do have an opinion, <laughs> an opinion. Um, first off, if we're talking about using God in law, this this goes against everything like the separation of church and state stood for um and it's just it's just really interesting to me that we're really going towards a theocracy here but second point the thing that i was really reacting to is this idea of every um every person having value and uh that a person cannot uh destroy a human life without incurring the wrath of God. And then also I was reacting to, I really hate the use of, well, hate is a strong word. Um, uh, it, it's telling to me when people specifically only use he, him pronouns for God. I, I just think my, mm. my personal opinion is that we do not have the words to really quantify what God is. Um, and so therefore limiting God to men is <laughs> just um really limiting god period um back to what i was saying before about valuing human life i i think the problem that a lot of um politicians have when they're using theology is that they they really are good at choosing which which in which circumstances they want to, that to apply you know i think about the experience of um black people in uh this country period but i'm i'm sure alabama is not better <laughs> um and and thinking about the value of human life and how every life is valued and how that doesn't for some reason apply to people of color um and mm. when i think about uh a person cannot destroy a life without incurring the wrath of god i i think it's really interesting that um people who use that kind of language can also support war can also support um you know the killing of people by police can support harm being done to people um, and, and thinking about in the context of repro and the value of lives, also thinking about um, the, the life of the parent who is carrying um, a, you know, a fetus. And if they, you know, thinking about their bodies, their uh, lives and how they want to move forward, if their life is just as valuable, <laughs> then why is it that like this this life gets priority but i digress this these are related <laughs> but not specifically on the topic of um in vitro fertilization and i i just i think that when one uses um 
theology and religion um, in this way and and has this like idea that like religion can be applied one way and this idea of like one singular truth I don't know if this is just my my seminary education or <laughs> uh, just me as a person but uh, it's hard for me to get behind this idea of one singular truth and while I do believe that lives have value and I do believe that lives should not be destroyed these are not things that I disagree with however it's just really interesting to me how uh, these people can apply it to one area and completely just ignore all the other areas where it does not fit within their worldview, their opinion, and how they want to control things. But those are just, <laughs> those are just my thoughts. Absolutely. My very Absolutely. opinionated thoughts. Um, and yeah. And, and just to, just to clarify here, I'm, I want to make sure our, our, um, listeners are clear on this point because i we will get letters the these statements about god were not in the decision proper that is the the decision that was accepted by the court it was particularly in a concurrence by the chief justice of the court the issue though is those theological positions even though they are not explicitly laid out in the formal decision are the underpinnings of that decision mm -hmm. and exactly what you shared kelly you know the 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 incongruity mm -hmm. of a a court in alabama like the the supreme court of alabama um coming up with this theological route that has these these consequences politically that they did not in Tend, mm -hmm. but that they could not escape mm -hmm. right it it may not have been the intent politically mm -hmm. but it was the inescapable conclusion of the idiocy mm -hmm. of some of these these political and religious machinations that folk have gone through as we've pointed out multiple times in in our trainings on religion and repro and moral messaging those machinations that, that they go through in order to get elected mm -hmm. right um you know, for those who haven't taken religion and repro uh, as a course, really highly recommend that to you. Uh, we offer them on a regular basis. We'll put a link in the show notes. Um, but as a thumbnail sketch, like we had a situation in the 50s and 60s where there was a political coalition that was really built around segregation. And when segregation, um, you know, the systemic disenfranchisement of people of color in this nation when segregation started to lose in the court system, segregationists needed a new issue to rally around. Yep. And they almost universally moved over to abortion and repro. And there were some very slick preachers who figured out that if they married that group of people, those fundamentalist evangelicals and those you know minority right-wing hardcore Catholics, if they merged those two groups together in support of a political candidate that they would be able to wield tremendous power and authority and they did that in the 70s and 80s we ended up seeing this marriage of the the radical preachers with a particular religious and political ideology that now is breaking down it's breaking apart because you can only ride that paper mache life raft 
so long until it gets so soggy it falls apart. Mm -hmm. That's what we're experiencing right now with the hard right. Because they have gotten what they wanted. They got the vehicle to get control of the Supreme Court, which allowed the dismantling and destruction of Roe, which we're clear Roe was not nearly enough, mm -hmm. but it was a heck of a lot more than what we have now in terms of national protections. Once Roe fell, the conclusion is, if you press that ideological perspective to its natural conclusion, the government is coming to take control of all of your reproduction. Not just the choice to not have children, but as you pointed out, the sister song definition of reproductive justice, the government is now coming in the system to control whether you choose to have children and how you can choose to have children. Mm -hmm. And let's be clear, the government has for a long while had the control over that last part of reproductive justice's uh, definition the idea of a safe and sustainable community, because we still don't have safe and sustainable communities mm -hmm. for thousands and thousands, millions of people today, right? So instead of working on safe and sustainable communities, the Supreme Court of Alabama, much like the legislature of Ohio, has focused on figuring out ways to take control away from people when it comes to their reproductive lives. What I find so fascinating in this is Immediately when this decision came out, the politicians began backpedaling like it was their job. Mm -hmm. There were there were press releases sent out. There were talking points sent out among you know groups of politicians that saying, "Hey, by the way, um, we really need to support IVF right now. Um, you got to come out hard for it because all of all of the polling has said you're looking at between 75 and 91 percent." support for in vitro fertilization because at the end of the day a huge number of people in the public they don't see the link between ivf and abortion no. they don't see the link between being able to control your reproductive health rights and justice writ large your your ability to control those elements of your life they see ivf as you know john and amy or you know deborah and brenda down the street who want to have a baby they see that as oh that's tom and chuck's son who they wouldn't have had if it wasn't for ivf and the reproductive assisted technology that goes into that right people have real deep connection with these procedures and the great irony for me is we have a sliver of the hard hard right in these like Catholic institutionalists, right, that that uh, espouse this view that is lifted up by the Catholic hierarchy, that is actually not shared by the vast majority of Catholics, slim, slim group of people who are really excited that IVF is banned in some part of the nation because they think IVF should be banned completely because that's their religious ideology. And they are in a position right now where the vast majority of politicians of both major parties are repudiating their ideology. And the reason they're repudiating that ideology is because it's not popular. And here's the fun part. Guess what, folks? You know what else isn't popular? Abortion bans. Yeah. <laughs> folks are eventually going to figure that out, right? But like, right now it's IVF. People are going to taste the real bitterness of the public when it comes to these regulations, these religious um, you know, restrictions on their ability to choose, their ability to make their own futures whole.
And there is a huge, huge disparity here between very wealthy people, white people, people in metropolitan areas, and folks in all of those other categories, right? The intersectionality between who does and does not have choice and access is stark, mm -hmm. especially when it comes to very pricey, really kind of ridiculously um, out of reach for some people mm -hmm. processes like IVF. And like, I, I, there, it is just really interesting to me, you know, we're on this topic of like those who thinking about abortion versus people who want to have kids and like this idea of not wanting to be told what you can and can't do. I just, it's just really interesting to me that uh, on the end of people wanting to have children, uh, as you were saying, oftentimes, you know, the kind of treatment for people who uh, maybe have a harder time getting pregnant is expensive. But then for people who don't want to have children, uh, not only not only is abortion very restricted in some areas, um, but also like not cheap. <laughs> and so on both ends, if you're a person who's wanting to have children or not have children and you are not a person who is white or wealthy um, or like just in a place where you can afford that, like then you're just you're screwed on either end. And it's. It's just not not a system that we should be building. And I'm hoping that, you know, as they're backpedaling, probably because, you know, rich white people who would be their supporters uh, are saying, like, absolutely not. We will support IVF. Um, I, I just hope that it also goes the other way, you know, that that people who want to have kids who are having, you know, problems with conceiving, they should they deserve access to IVF if that is what they want to do and um, I think as as this as this uh, continues to unfold there will probably be more consequences more realizing of like wait a second this should be something that we do have access to and why is it limited anyway that is my at least hope that we can move towards making the world somewhere where if somebody wants to have a child they can have a child and uh, also, if we could just stop using religion <laughs> as a form of control. And I think, like, for me, when I think about this, this, um, you know, this statement, even though it's not the official one for the decision, it, you know, it's it's still the underpinnings. It's an, I, don't write stuff <laughs> that you don't want to be. If you don't want it to be official, don't write it down. Uh, but they did do that. They wrote a lot of it down. Um, and it's just, it, I, I would love to see them uh, backpedal and say like, oh, I know we said that, but actually we don't believe that, even though we wrote all of this about it. Um, and yeah, I think like TLDR, uh, people who use religion in a political space do sometimes many times have an agenda <laughs> just because somebody uses religion does not mean that they are spouting the absolute truth it is of my belief that there is no absolute truth and that things are you know by a case-by-case -case basis and there are some moral underpinnings um that 
you know, follow along with my beliefs. But the way that other people view it may be different. Um, so if somebody is spouting religion as an absolute truth and using that in politics, oftentimes, if not all times, they have an agenda. <laughs> and uh, this is just showing it when they're flip-flopping on something that, you know, they spout as an absolute truth. How, how, how can they do that? <laughs> I, I think that there's going to be consequences because on the, on the side of people who are upset about, uh, uh, the like IVF ban, I, I remember seeing about like hospitals having to cancel appointments and like just having to do that right away. Um, so they're going to get flack on the side of people who want IVF and they're going to get flack on the side of people who uh, believe with the religious backing that they made for this decision. And now they're flip flopping on it. You know, I, I think about uh, some of the more uh, fundamentalist teachings that I've had in my life and this understanding of like uh, you you know, should be willing to die for what you believe is the right thing. And, you know, for them to say like, oh, anybody who destroys an embryo incurs the wrath of God, that's pretty serious. And to go back on a statement yeah. like that is um, not going to look good for um, people who also believe in like this fundamental understanding of truth. Right. And, and you know, God bless Chief Justice Parker for saying the quiet part out loud. Mm -hmm. Um, because so often, like in our state, I, I always tell people like our state right now, I don't think the justices on our Supreme court would ever write a concurrence like chief justice Parker's concurrence, even though I'm pretty sure the majority believes what is in that, that statement, at least in some part. Yeah. Um, but you know, chief justice Parker will, we'll, we have an article in the show notes about like he's part of a really radical dominionist movement in religion, which is a, a religious movement in Christianity that wants to essentially um, take over uh, portions of political and social power. Um, he runs as a partisan elected official. He, he runs with a partisan identifier on the ballot, and he is writing right now for that electoral purpose, right? Um, that's where we're headed in this state because we just put partisan modifiers on the Supreme Court. So now we're in a similar position. It's a weird thing to start putting our, our judges into that same position mm -hmm. of like, now they're performing, not necessarily for the good of the state, but for their particular constituents. Yeah. Um, I, I have to lift up though, exactly like what you, what you've shared, Kelly is just spot on, right? That people who have these ideological positions and who act on them, they, they are placing their religion into our lives mm -hmm. in ways that are wholly inappropriate, that are, you know, worthy of our opposition in that space. And that's that's a big part of our work here at faith choice ohio like we want people to use their faith in their lives mm -hmm. and we want people to be guided by their faith whatever faith that is in their decisions we want to make it very clear that your faith 
should not restrict other people's reproductive decisions, mm -hmm. right? And and That's... you should be able to do your faith the way that you want to. But that doesn't mean, mm -hmm. you know, if we're if we're thinking about and I I feel like many times the people who are um very religious are also like one of those like purists about the law and like how it was done by the founders or whatever. Um and like, if we're going back to this idea of, like, this separation of church and state, like, this is fundamentally against what you, like, are saying you believe. Ugh. Anyway, uh, I, people should have their own religious beliefs and ideologies and practices, and that is completely fine. But also, uh, you know, even as a, a person who has faith and believes and, and, and has, you know, a spiritual life one way to convert people to your religion is not like the good way to do it is not to force them into it by saying you have to abide by my practices it's just not it's not a good look anyway um that is <laughs> religious theocracy it's not a good it's look not a there good look go. um anyway you heard it here you heard it here friends uh, it's not a good look <laughs> so that is that is all we have today for our soul um i know you know i just want to mention the world is crazy right now and there are so many things we could have talked about today but this is uh you know what what we're talking about and just um take care of yourself Thank you for listening to this episode of Our Soul. If you'd like to hear more of our conversations on religion, abortion access, and all things repro, you can find all our episodes on Podbean, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. For more content, training, and other information, check us out at faithchoiceohio.org.